and welcome to the Fed Up When Enough Is Enough podcast with your hosts Chrissy and Risha D, where we address issues that hinder growth in the workplace and promote strategies for leadership excellence. All right, folks, with that said, let's get into today's show. So today, folks, we are talking about the downfalls of trying to maintain power in the workplace. Yes. Come on now. Let's Power talk about in it. the workplace. So as Chrissy and I were talking about this, there were a couple of things that came to mind, mm-hmm. uh, which were some TV shows yeah. that just depict how cutthroat and ruthless people will be mm-hmm. to either obtain or maintain yep. power. Now, I got some favorites. I think you do, too. I do. Yeah. So power. You know, mm-hmm. shout out the Stars Network, <laughs> Ghost and Tommy, y'all. I need Deliverance, Ghost uh, and Tommy. You know, on Power, and then um, a Netflix original, House of Cards. House of Cards. I have Frank seen and that Claire one. Underwood. And what's your favorite? I like Scandal. Scandal. I am a Scandal watcher, y'all. Yeah. Um, however, I did miss the last two seasons. So, oh, yeah. wow. Oh, okay. So but I know really enough. Not. Okay. So, you know about Fit Cyrus and Olivia? I do. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So, one of the things that all of these characters had in mind was that they were willing to do whatever it took mm-hmm. to either attain, obtain or maintain power. Yep. So, it didn't matter if it was the streets, mm-hmm. you know, of New York or wherever power power is supposed to be taking place um, or on Capitol Hill yeah. like for House of Cards and Scandal in a political arena but they were cutthroat they were ruthless oh, yes, you know they lied you know they manipulated they betrayed people yes you know, slept their way up to the slept top slept their way up to the top yes. and you know but it was all in the effort to obtain some type of power yeah which or is unfortunate yeah which yeah. is unfortunate but I'm telling you it makes for a good view yeah <laughs> <laughs> now that it does which is why the Saints was even coming home yes. and having to plug in to Scandal on Thursday nights yes. or set their DVR to catch their favorite episodes yes. so you know and I'm one yes. you know I will you know, and now they have it on demand so I so can you watch can catch up, you know, yeah. I can catch up or I can watch it ahead of time uh-huh. on a couple okay but this is not about the TV no, shows no it's not it's not no. it is about power <laughs> in the workplace let's stay on let's stay focused power. okay <laughs> power in the workplace and uh, one of the things that we realize is that people have really become obsessed with power mm-hmm. in the workplace I'm sure it's not anything new mm-hmm. you know um, but it is something that has taken I think has taken on a different shape and form in in recent years so much so that later on we'll even talk about the Institute for Workplace Bullying yeah. you know I mean that's profound good stuff but um but as we get into it, you know, we I, I did find an article on Business Insider that talks about the seven types of power seen in the workplace. Mm-hmm. So uh, research is out there that indicates, you know, how people are operating, you know, when it comes to power, their attitudes, their behaviors, when it comes to power in, in the workplace. And so I'll go through these really quickly. Uh, the first one is legitimate power, and it's where a person is in a higher position and they have control over people in lower positions. So it's, it's legitimate. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's legitimate power. You have a supervisor and a subordinate. Okay. Makes sense. Um, then they have coercive power where a person leads by three 
threats and force. Okay. And that's what we see a lot of. That's what we see a lot of. And instead of it working for that person's good, research indicates that this person is unlikely to win respect and loyalty from employees. Go figure, right? Mm -hmm. It seemed like a no-brainer, but in that person's mind, they think that they have to operate in that capacity in order to win respect or gain influence, and the opposite is true. Right. So um, that's coercive power. Mm Mm-hmm. Expert power is the perception that one possesses superior skills or knowledge. I think this is interesting. It's a perception. Yeah. So this joke will walk around thinking that they know everything and they may not. Right. <laughs> but, you know, but they're walk they're a self-proclaimed expert. Mm-hmm. I think I know somebody on Capitol Hill that acts like that. Wow, well, I wonder who that would be. I wonder who. But anyway. <laughs> okay, we're gonna stay on target. <laughs> But it's the perception, right. you know, that they possess this skill. And sometimes that's this is just as bad as having the knowledge itself because, you know, you're arrogant, you're puffed up in your own mind, and you're walking around thinking that you, you know, you know everything, when, you know? In all actuality, you don't. Yeah, you don't. And and it's just like, it could be like a defense mechanism. Right, you know? for insecurities. For insecurities. Exactly. Absolutely. Um, informational power is where a person possesses needed or wanted information. Mm. Um, this is short-term power that doesn't necessarily influence or build credibility. Which mm-hmm. thing? Well, you know, I think about those that work in a company, mm-hmm. um, and you'll find this with administrative assistants. Sometimes mm-hmm. um, they have all of the information, mm-hmm. and some people will try to keep that information to maintain power. Yeah, you know because they say okay I know this I know that they don't and Mm -hmm. they feel like if I keep this information to myself then they will have to come to me to get the answers Mm -hmm. which makes me more powerful and that's not always the case yeah and I mean you know no one person has all the answers anyway right you know what I mean but for this type of person they just feel like they can lord that information Mm -hmm. over someone else and Mm -hmm. I think that's how they get their thrill or how they're motivated to maintain power is you know they just have this this box around like they're carrying around this box of information that nobody else has the key to right and in order for them to maintain their position they like you have to come to me mm-hmm. you know what I mean so they try to make themselves what indispensable, indispensable. or whatever but um, as the research says it doesn't build influence and it doesn't help their credibility to act that way so right. you know um, the fifth type of power seen in the workplace is reward power which is a good power that's a good power you know just by name alone it sounds good yeah um it says this person is motivated is motivated by offering raises promotions and awards mm-hmm. um so let's be dev- let's play devil's advocate here where's a situation where that may not be a good thing let's see here Okay, I could think of uh, someone that has the ability or the power Mm -hmm. to give these rewards, but they're giving it to those that uh, they know Mm -hmm. or people that are their favorites. Yeah. Or, okay, in this Me Too, I'm thinking about we have this whole Me Too thing going on, people that they have slept with. Oh, whoa, that's a good one. You know? And so they say, okay, if you do this or you do that, then I will give you this reward. I will give you that promotion. I will give you um, influence over these people. Yeah. Um, 
and you see it. Yeah, and so that's actually a combination of like some type of coercive yeah. power and reward power all together. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I thought about is CEOs and executives who reward themselves. Well, and that's true too. You know, they give themselves a $10,000 bonus every mm-hmm. quarter and the employees don't get anything. Selfish. So. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And I think with all of this, it's it's how that person is centered and grounded, you know, who they really are, because uh, they say like power money will bring out the true characteristics of a person. It really will. And they say, too, that pride comes before the fall. And what you find is those people that you know are sort of lording that mm-hmm. power over others um, they're very prideful yeah and they feel like they can do anything they can get away with anything yeah. without any consequences yeah and they have not most individuals let me just say it this way most individuals that mm-hmm. you will find in that position that abuse power mm-hmm. they have not gone through the process mm-hmm. to operate in that position yeah. with humility with humility I think that's the key mm-hmm. you know it's just having that humility I mean if you think you're better than everybody exactly. else before you get some power exactly. then when you get some power it's just going to be times 10 um, that much worse yeah. you know and so like you said having that firm foundation of self mm-hmm. uh, with humility yeah. can really make the difference between how you handle power mm-hmm. you know in the workplace in particular and understanding the responsibility mm-hmm. that comes with that particular position yeah, and with power I think is also important Mm -hmm. because a lot of times you have people that are in that position and it's almost like you said self-serving yeah Mm -hmm. instead of understanding that I'm here to serve others Uh that I'm here to be that person of influence that voice of influence and that's why I've been put in this position Mm -hmm. and so you know just understanding that is key yeah and I think it goes back to one of the quotes we mentioned on I think it was our first uh, podcast mm-hmm. where it said that power is not being in charge of people but taking care of the people in your charge. Oh, that's good. You, you got know? a good memory, girl. Oh, bless the Lord, <laughs> you know? But yeah, you know, it just, it reminds me of that because, you know, no man is an island. We're not all about self. Right. Like, you know, we're all supposed to help each other out. Mm-hmm. But if I come into this organization with the mindset it's all about me, mm-hmm. you know, just a shout out to Joyce Myers that me, 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 yeah, me, me, robot. robot. <laughs> you know, where it's all about me. And it's like, it's not. It's it not really all isn't. about you. You know what I mean? It Especially really if you are um, a mid-level manager, a senior level manager, a CEO. You know, you have people's lives in your hands. Exactly. You know, not just their financial state, but also, you know, their professional careers. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And everyone, who doesn't like to advance? Who doesn't like to be productive and to grow? But can you grow in an environment where there's coercion can you grow in an environment where you know people are lording over certain powers you know or giving out rewards to their favorites Mm -hmm. or those who have done certain things to them for them you know in the workplace so I mean that's just you know that's just the fifth one so the sixth uh, type of power seen in the workplace is connection power and this is where a person attains influence by gaining favor or making acquaintances with powerful persons so a lot of networking a lot of networking with this one elbow rubbing what they say (laughs) making deals on a golf course type thing you know what I'm saying like this is where the power is it's not in the boardroom it's not so much a bad thing um, but when I think about those 
those that may not be privy to these meetups yes. that they're having mm-hmm. on the uh, golf course. Yes, there could be some favoritism yeah. there. Absolutely. You know, and you could be left out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and especially if you don't have that opportunity. So I'm sort of mm-hmm. on the fence when it comes to that particular power. Yeah, I think it's all on how you use it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's for all of them. Yeah. Um, and then the last one is reverent power, and it is the ability to convey a sense of personal acceptance or approval. It is held by people with charisma, integrity, and other positive qualities. And research says that it is the most valuable type of power. I like that type of power. So it sounds like the person operating in this vein has a lot of personal acceptance yeah. and responsibility. Like they kind of get it. They're sort of grounded. Yeah. That's what grounded. it sounds like. Mm-hmm. And they're accountable. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think what makes the other six um, areas of power that were mentioned is that um, not only is a person not grounded and have the wrong focus, mm-hmm. but they may not be accountable or feel like they have to be accountable, which is where you get into you know the misuse or the abuse of power that's you know? true that's true so um I, I think just to recap legitimate power coercive power expert power informational power reward power connection power and reverent power are the seven different types of power that are seen in the workplace according to this business insider edition okay well i i feel all of those um But then it makes me also think about, okay, those that are abusing their power um, and how those that are under them should deal with that. And so you will find that there are a lot of people that are being abused in the workplace by those that manage them. Mm -hmm. And so this leads to um, what we call workplace bullying. And we have found that there is a workplace. Mm, Talk about it. uh, Bullying. And trauma. And trauma institute. What in the world? I just can't. Like, I, I think when we stumbled upon this, we were like, are you serious? I couldn't believe it. Like, there is literally an institute that focuses on on workplace bully and trauma and it's not that what they're doing is they're a resource center a training center for employees who deal with uh, workplace bullying as well as the organizations who want to kind of eradicate it I suppose right but the fact that we even have one in existence is mind-boggling yeah because oftentimes you hear about children that are dealing with bullying right but now we're dealing with adults that are being bullied so it's almost essentially like you have kids that have grown up to become bullies and I'm wondering if any of these kids were bullies when they were or excuse me adults were bullies when they were kids because it's almost like they've taken that same mindset as a child and brought it straight into the workplace absolutely that's exactly what they've done Uh. it's like you know (laughs) taking my lunch money times 10 you know like in a different form and fashion but essentially that's what they're doing basically and it's Mm. ridiculous I'm sorry it's just ridiculous I just can't even imagine and I've been um, in situations where I have seen it happen to other people's and then I've been a victim of it myself yeah you know yeah um, and, and so just really quickly some of the statistics surrounding um, the workplace bullying is that 65% of bullying in the workplace occurs from a male perpetrator or, or boss to a female subordinate mm-hmm. so male to female instances um, is 65 Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. of those females experience workplace bullying. Which is sad. Yeah, it's very sad. And I think, you know, like if you think about the Me Too movement, yeah. you know, and how women are speaking out, not primarily in that regard, regarding um, sexual abuse and things of that nature, but some of them um, experience it in the workplace, yeah. in their respective fields, whatever yeah. it was, whether it was in the acting, you know, field or, you know, political arenas or mm-hmm. whatever, it was still a male supervisor to a female subordinate. But it goes to show, too, that a lot of men do not respect the woman's place in the workplace. Mm, that's a good point. Because if, and like you said, a lot of what has been happening has been sexual abuse mm-hmm. in the workplace, right, right? right? So it shows that men are still seeing women mm, as objects good point. even though they're in a workplace yeah. so even though I'm bringing my skills my talents right. um, to this particular career yeah. I'm not seen as an equal mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because of my gender right and that's sad it is it's sad it is <clears throat> but interestingly enough um female to female um situations where the female supervisor is targeting female subordinates Mm. is actually higher than the male to female and i'm mad about it yeah it's like 67 percent versus 65 percent and so that just opens up a whole can of worms when it comes to women's relationships you know well you know it reminds me i was at a conference and there was this lady we were actually having this very same conversation about um, women in the workplace mm-hmm. and the relationship between women uh-huh. in, the, in the workplace. And uh, there is, the, it's the former Secretary of State, um, Secretary of State, excuse me, um, mm-hmm. Madeline Aubrey. And she said, there's a special place in hell for women that do not help other women in the workplace. <laughs> and wow. I'm like, that's real. Yeah. And I think, you know, the reason she said that is because she was mad. Yeah. She was mad at the fact that here it is, we are women. We mm-hmm. should be able to identify yeah. with each other's struggle. Right. It's bad enough that we're already fighting men in the workplace but now we're fighting each other yeah and so it it makes you think about the insecurities right um that we as women have Mm -hmm. and how we are threatened by another female (laughs) that may seem uh different from us or maybe different from us or offer some other forms or values Mm -hmm. um you know she may be the polished sister she may be the the one that is educated she may be the one that you know has these nice suits on Mm -hmm. and and is about her business yeah but her overall package yeah threatens another co-worker that is a female which causes some clashing right and it's sad yeah, it is. And I've been a victim of that. You know, I've been in a situation where I work for, um, you know, a major institution, a major university. And I had, you know, a supervisor come to me and say that a co-worker didn't like me because of how polished I was and the fact that I wore suits to work and that, you know, I presented myself well. And it's like, okay, well, we're at a major institution. You know, why wouldn't you want somebody to come to the table to bring that level of excellence and professionalism to the table? Um, but instead of embracing these qualities about me, this individual was threatened. Wow. And, you know, didn't even get to the point to, to talk to me 
to have a conversation with me to see who I was as mm-hmm. an individual and how I can help the team but just stop right there and was just like stank about it you so know what she I mean? was hating on she you, was hating judging you because of your appearance just because of my appearance and not really looking at what all you had to offer yeah now and she now thankfully she wasn't a supervisor but I can only imagine if she was yeah oh my goodness you know like something that small and yeah. trivial and trivial mm-hmm. could you know impact the way that she evaluates exactly. me or you know and so I'm sure these are some of the things that happen when we're talking about female to female mm-hmm. work dynamics in terms of workplace bullying yeah it's, it's ridiculous well and then I think about to the opportunities that that female may miss out on if that mm-hmm. was her uh, supervisor yeah you know can't you imagine like the opportunities or the promotions yeah. that that person will most likely not, not have get. an opportunity mm-hmm. to you know get because one person her supervisor yep. does not like her or is threatened by yeah. her yeah which is sad it's sad now just for comparison's sake male to male um perpetrated to target is like 35 percent Mm-hmm. And then female supervisors to male subordinates was 33%. So, you know, it just makes me wonder, though, what is it about men um, that, you know, they're able to stay in the workplace, not really have any issues yeah. with anyone um, coming against them? It's almost like, okay, it's okay for them to be in the workplace. Yeah. Or maybe there are issues where they handle it differently. Okay, let's talk about that. You know, like, you know, I, I've, I've had co-workers of mine, male co-workers of mine to to go out for a drink after work or yeah. they might go play basketball or something. And so maybe those are different avenues that they're relieving that stress, that tension, or maybe they trash talk each other. And instead of, you know, them taking it personal, it just fuels their fire. You know what I mean? That's true. Whereas with women, I we think hold a we, grudge. Oh, yeah. We <laughs> we'll hold a grudge. We won't speak to you yeah. or, you know, or we'll just ask in our own little way and That's it's counterproductive true. you know what that I'm is saying? true because I have uh, seen stories of, of men that they did not like each other in a workplace or did not agree let's just say yeah. that mm-hmm. they didn't agree and they would get into a fight now yeah. they would get into a fight and then the next thing you know they're buddy buddy they're buddies and they just squash <laughs> it I'm like yeah it would have been a wrap for women yeah I, I don't want to talk to you right. we're not going out to eat <laughs> don't ask me to do anything uh-huh. with you yeah. if that was you know a woman to woman thing but yeah it's something about men they have this that ability boys to club, you know be able to just drop it and keep it moving and i think I especially when you talk about like the higher up they are in the company mm-hmm. you know um the competitiveness that exists between them mm-hmm. and how they quote unquote get up get over on each other yeah it's not personal it's business like yeah. they'll take it out in the workplace like oh Oh, okay, you're going to trip like that? I'm about to take your account. Right. You know what I mean? Whereas yep. women, we're just going to look at you with the side eye, <laughs> you know, not speak to you, act, you know, turn our nose up, you know, and kind of act petty, you yeah. know, emotionally immature. Yeah. Instead of saying, okay, you know what? And even 
um, in some instances, men have partnered together, even if they're enemies, they've partnered together to to get a deal. You know what I mean? If that means that the two of us have to come together to close this deal, we'll do that. You know, I might not like you. We might not go out afterwards and play basketball or or, you know, go for a drink or anything like that, whatever they do. Mm -hmm. But they'll come together to to accomplish a common goal. Whereas women, we will sit in the boardroom across from each other and just be like, "Mm." Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, like I got to work with her and we'll be fighting it throughout the whole process. So I think that's a a bigger issue than what we can discuss today. But just the fact that um, women supervisors to women subordinates is higher in terms of um, these individual women experiencing bullying in the workplace versus a male to female scenario. It's just it's just amazing. With this study, they defined abusive or bullying behavior, you know, so Mm -hmm. just don't leave you out there to your own imagination. Right. Um, But they say abusive, abusive conduct often manifests through threatening, intimidating languages or actions, um, humiliating others, work sabotage, or verbal abuse. So all of that is like in the workplace. Well, you know, I would be interested to know how many of our listeners are experiencing this in their workplace. And so we do have um, a way for you to reach out to us. If you would go to our website, www.fedup.com, uh, crd.com if you go there and just send us a note and let us know are you experiencing this in your workplace and how are you dealing with it yeah and you know just looking at it like if this was several years ago when I had switched careers I would have looked at this and like threatening intimidation humiliation okay I, I got that yeah. you know but then when you get to work sabotage yeah. I was just like what you know like who does that like maybe a corporate America that that happens but yeah. You know, I had switched gears and was working in the nonprofit industry. And I have to tell a funny story because, you know, it just reminds me of just how prevalent work sabotage can be, mm-hmm. you know. And so it reminds me of a story. You know, my mom, she's retired from the federal government. She worked for the federal government for over 40 years. And um, and I think that shapes her her mindset, or mm-hmm. it, it impacted the way she views certain things in the workplace. Okay. Yeah. And so I um, had to meet a client and I was out and I was in the system and I got their address and I called her when I was on my way there. Um, When I get there, I was like, okay, I'll call you back later on this afternoon, et cetera. I go inside, talk to the receptionist and she's like, oh, you're in the wrong place. Like Mm -hmm. say the right company, but the wrong place. Right. And so I get back in the car and I call my mom and I'm like, yeah, um, you know, I got to go around the corner, whatever. Um, I'm in the wrong place. It's like, well, what do you mean? I thought you said you was looking the address up in the system. I was like, well, I did. And she said, well, do you think somebody <laughs> tapped into the system <laughs> yeah. and changed the address? And yep. I'm like, no. Why would anybody do that? You yep. know, but I was very naive in my thought process. Mm-hmm. Like, no, nobody does that. Like, okay, in the government, yeah, I can see that. But I mean, this is a small nonprofit. Who would do such a thing? Mama knew. Mama knew what she was talking about, you know? And so work sabotage happens, yes, you know? It, does. it may manifest in different ways, but work sabotage happens so much so that it is clearly identified as a type of bullying behavior yeah. by this institute. Yeah, I also went through something um you know concerning work sabotage i was working for a telecommunications company Mm -hmm. and um 
you know, they made sure that they gave me all of the old accounts. Now, mm-hmm. I also was dealing with racial issues on mm-hmm. this particular job, but they intentionally gave me accounts that had not been serviced for yeah. years. Wow. And so, of course, I was, you know, also part of my salary was based on commission. Uh-huh. So when I would go out and meet with some of these uh, companies, they didn't want anything to do with me or the company because wow. we had not serviced them. Right. No one had reached out to them in quite some time. So the, the one thing that they did want to do mm-hmm. was to close their account. Wow. You know, and they were just waiting until they found somebody yeah. to, you know, <laughs> to come out. And so they, you know, it, it hurt me. Mm-hmm. It hurt my career mm-hmm. at that particular company. And I was so upset. Yeah. And they did it because they didn't like me. Wow. And they would actually leave voice messages yeah. for me. My co-workers now right. and my manager was involved with this. He would leave messages saying how they were going to uh, take all of my accounts and see me in the unemployment office. Wow. And that was just yeah. the little things yeah. that I experienced. But if you can only imagine, you know, having to work somewhere where you already know that you're set up for failure, Mm, you know, and then the stress of, okay, I need this job because I have to pay my bills. Right. Right. You know, and at the time, I know I didn't have kids and Mm -hmm. I wasn't married, but, you know, I was like, I still need this job. Mm -hmm. And so the pressure of trying to keep the job, trying to save face with these employees, it really took a toll on my health. Yeah. It took a toll on my emotional health Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, there were times I would go in there physically, I would get sick before I would get to work because I knew what I would have to deal Mm -hmm. with when I got there. Yeah. And so, you know, I went to HR. Yeah. And, and tried to see what could be done. And mm-hmm. they did talk to my manager as well as his manager and decided that we needed some diversity and inclusion training. Okay. Um, but, I mean, not even a whole week after mm-hmm. the corporate uh, office came in and did that uh, training. Right. They took me in an office, in a boardroom, and they waited until everyone else left. And they told me, if you want to keep your job here, you will keep your mouth shut about what's going on in this office. And if you don't Mm -hmm. like it, then you can leave. Threats. Yeah. Yeah. And I was scared. I had, I was still new yeah. in the whole corporate arena. Right. Um, I didn't really know that this was, you know, what happened. Yeah. And so I decided to quit my job, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't until after I quit that they found the voicemails, conveniently found it after I quit. Mm -hmm. And they called my manager as well as his manager in the office and they fired them. Yeah. You know, but I hate that I didn't know the process the appropriate process to take yeah um about you know being able to record conversations making sure that you're documenting Mm -hmm. things Mm -hmm. i didn't know how to prove what i was going through and i think that's um a good point to make is that if you know that you're experiencing some of these behaviors you know you're not powerless there Mm -hmm. are some things you can do Mm -hmm. to protect yourself and so as you mentioned documenting and you know i've been in situations where i had a calendar and i would write down key events on the 
date that it happened. Mm -hmm. Then I would also keep like a workplace journal where I could document in detail, you know, what happened. Um, And as you said, you know, in some states, it's okay to, you know, record with one party consent. And so all these things are things that you can do to just protect yourself if you want to file a grievance um, or some type of some type of complaint um, in the workplace. So if you want to file a grievance or a complaint in the workplace, you know, make sure you have some stuff to present, yeah. you know, that supports your claim. Exactly. You know, so it doesn't make it look like it's he said, he said versus she said. Which is hard to prove. It is hard to prove. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, when you're going to HR, you know, just understand the risk because it is a risk. It is. And like in your situation, there was some type of retaliation. There yeah. were additional threats that came about, you know, because they figured out you were the one who <laughs> went to HR on them. Yep. Uh, but retaliation is a factor and and it's okay. I, I think that it's okay to understand that there may be ramifications yeah. that come into play. Yeah. Um but if you know that then and you protect yourself, then all you can do is put your best foot forward. That yeah. means taking documentation, mm-hmm. filing an, an official grievance report with HR, you know, then take those steps to protect yourself. Yeah. I mean, it's no guarantee that it will work in your favor. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, research does show that, you know, a large percentage of HR cases do not end favorably for the employee. But at yeah. least you have stood up for yourself. At least you have taken the initiative. Exactly. You know? um, and I think that... You know, the EEOC mm-hmm. is another option for people if yeah. they have taken those steps within the organization's culture mm-hmm. and they've done and followed protocol. And if it does not work out, if there's wrongful termination or retaliation or anything like that. Then, you know, there are um, guidelines to protect employees against hostile work environments. Yeah. You know, well, and I understand, too, the hesitancy um, in pursuing a case against an employer uh, as an employee one you're looking at cost mm-hmm. that's um, true and then two the time that it takes yeah you know to to deal with that court uh case it, it could be time consuming yeah you know and sometimes i think people re- just they don't know if it's worth it right yeah and they I'm, would rather just walk away right. cut their losses and start another job somewhere else yeah but you know the interesting thing about that it's almost like the me too movement like women yeah. have kept silent mm-hmm. and like one person may not be able to change a whole system right but then you'll find that you'll come across that one employee that'll be like you know what I don't care what it takes mm-hmm. you know I'm going to take this as far as it will go and it right. brings attention you know to other in, you know to the organization other individuals may go ahead and step up and say that happened to me too you know what I mean and so you do have to weigh everything you know Um, every situation is different yeah Um, some people are in a better financial situation whether they're single married divorced what have you right than than others Um, or some people might just have connections Mm -hmm. that others don't so every situation is different but definitely you know I think my little um 
um, plug of encouragement to the listeners is just you don't have to accept it. Right. You know, like there are things you can do to put in place. And then if you one thing about it, if you file a grievance with the EEOC, then it's like forever in the record books. And that's good. You know what I mean? That's and good. And so if they continue to get complaints, then, you know, there may be things that are done legally. Right. That uh, people will be held accountable for. Yeah. And, you know, just being that voice. Yeah. People, I know it takes courage, mm-hmm. you know, to say, okay, I am going to be the yeah, one definitely. that is going to speak up. But someone actually may be waiting for you, like you said, mm-hmm. to be that voice and to shed light on yeah. what's going on. Because if not, it will continue mm-hmm. to happen. Yeah. And, you know, even for me in my situation, I, I sort of wish mm-hmm. I would have done something about it. Yeah. Because ultimately, like I said, I, because I was single and I wasn't married um, or didn't have kids at the time. Um, it was not as much of a financial burden as it probably could have been. Mm-hmm. But at that time, it was around 2008. We had just experienced um, the economic issues gotcha. with Enron and all of that. Yeah. And so it was very hard for me to find another job. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I had to rent my house out. Mm-hmm. I had to, you know, go back home to mommy and daddy. Yeah. And just it was a very humbling mm-hmm. experience. I did not find another job for almost two years. Wow. Yeah. You know, so when I think about what I missed out on and the mm-hmm. burden that I took on because I did not want to go to court yeah. or to fight, you know, that particular company. Yeah, it makes me sort of wish that I would have yeah. because maybe I would not have been so far back mm-hmm. financially. Mm-hmm. Right, right. You know, if I did. Yeah. And that's a, that's a good point. But you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah, so, always. you know, you did the best and made the decision you thought was the best for you at that time. Yeah. You know, um, and in certain situations, you know, the thing about it is that the repercussions mm-hmm. um, may not come immediately. Yeah. But they did come, like in that example you share, like those individuals did eventually get fired, yeah. you know, for their behavior. So, you know, you have to take everything with a grain of salt. But, but definitely, please comment. In, you know, go to our website, share your feedback, your thoughts, because this is a huge issue. It is. And like we said, when we found out that there is a workplace bullying and trauma and trauma institute, mm-hmm. you know, for adults. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was just mind boggling. So um, one one thing I will say is that we are planning to have um, a subject matter expert when it comes to workplace grievances yeah. um, in HR on the show. She'll be joining us soon. And we'll definitely keep you all abreast of the day and the time and the hour that she'll be with us. But, you know, we just want to share as much information as we can to encourage you along your way. Yeah. And then, you know, I also want to say for those that may be in management that are in companies um, and you notice that there is a turnover in a particular department within your company Pay attention, yeah, because normally that is a big sign. It's a big sign that there is something going on, whether it's retaliation, mm-hmm. whether it's bullying. But whenever people are leaving, you know, um, especially around the same time, yeah, 
um, with one particular person being in management, either that person in management is not saying anything, they're not mm-hmm. addressing the issues, yeah. and they know about it, or they are the problem. Yeah. And so I encourage companies, you know, find someone that can do an assessment mm-hmm. of that particular department or all of your departments, because that's going to give you feedback on yeah. what the employees are experiencing that's good. and help you to identify what type of training is needed in that particular area. Yeah. And then after that, you know, have some workshops. We also do workshops and, Mm -hmm. you know, where we try to address some of the diversity and inclusion issues as well as some of the personal development issues that individuals may be, you know, lacking. Yeah. Um, So that I think is the reason why we're so adamant about, you know, just getting information out there, educating people on what they can do. Yeah. Because if you don't get the information, then you're going to continue to have employees that are unhappy at mm-hmm. work. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, that's good stuff. All right. So if all hearts and minds are clear, we'll I believe go ahead so. And, it's, it's clear. It's we're good? clear. All right. <laughs> we'll go ahead and close today's show. But before we do, just want to give a couple of shout outs yeah. to our sponsors. Uh, a big round of applause yes. to Mastermind Productions. Woo, woo. Casey Designs. Yes. Woo, woo. And Kia Dawn Photography. Yes, ma'am. She makes us look good. Yes, she does. They all do. And we're so thankful for their support. And if you enjoy listening to the Fed Up When Enough is Enough podcast, you can be a big help to us by um, going to our website or clicking on the link in the episode's description to become a monthly supporter to keep everything going. We'll say bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today. We are so appreciative of you listening in and hope that the information shared today will challenge and inspire you to grow to your next level of success. All Fed Up When Enough Is Enough podcasts are available on Stitcher, Radio Public, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, and our website, www.fedupcrd.com. We'd love to hear from you. So please direct all questions or comments to us via email. Enough is enough at fedupcrd.com. Thanks so much for tuning in and we look forward to seeing you next week.